0: Today's episode of the TalkHouse podcast, and in fact, all of the TalkHouse podcast recorded backstage at Pitchfork Festival 2017, is brought to you in part by Shure. Here at the TalkHouse, this is our first collaboration with Shure, but we've been using their microphones from the very beginning. If you go to our YouTube channel and watch any of our full episodes, you'll see any of the artists there. The Flaming Lips Wayne Coyne, DJ Premier, Prince Paul, Kathleen Hanna, Meredith Graves, Todd Berry, Chris Gethard, Fab Moretti of The Strokes, David Cross, they're all using Shure microphones. It's because it's all we've used the whole time. They're the best. Shure also just released its Motive Microphone series. Shure's Motive Microphones are specifically designed for your podcasting needs. And in fact, loyal listeners, if you recall the recent episode featuring LCD Sound System's Tyler Pope in conversation with Thurston Moore, Tyler's intro conversation was recorded by him in Europe just after walking off stage with the band with the motive plugged directly into his phone it sounds amazing and so will your podcast recorded with motive hey what's up this is Ellie Einhorn welcome to the talkhouse podcast today i'm joined by
1: Hi, I'm Amy Rose Spiegel, TalkHouse Music's Editor-in-Chief. Thanks for having me, Elia.
0: Thank you for joining me. Today we have an episode recorded backstage at Pitchfork Music Festival 2017 featuring Katie Alice Greer and Danielle Danielle of Priests and Tyler Pope of LCD Sound System.
1: This talk came together really quickly after I saw Priest perform as one of the first sets that I took in at Pitchfork. I was so blown away that when they came off stage, I didn't even give them a minute to catch their breath. It was a little bit rude, but I was like, (laughs) but I was like, hey, you're incredible. We have to have you on. And next thing you know, they were in the trailer. It was great.
0: Now, now, previous to this, you have been working with Katie Alice on some pieces for the Talk House's website.
1: Yes. Katie Alice is also an amazing writer. Most recently, she did a piece for us that- basically devolved into Taylor Swift fan fiction uh, about Taylor Swift becoming a SoundCloud goth artist. And I highly recommend that. Lots of multi-talented people in this band.
0: Oh my God, I love it. And, and such a great band.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, their most recent record is Nothing Feels Natural. Let's listen to the title track.
0: rose i love this record i love this band
1: i'm right there with you absolutely and part of what makes it so cool is that they actually put out this record themselves on their own label which is called sister polygon sister polygon has also put out rad work
0: from bands we love like downtown boys shouts downtown boys
1: absolutely pinkwash a lot of really great acts
0: now another artist that has their own record label tyler pope tyler tours the world with lcd sound system but back home in berlin runs Interference Pattern Records out of his studio. Interference Pattern has released a few really cool records. Talkhouse readers might remember the playlist done by Drug Apartments. Their first EP was produced by Death Grips, some fucking great punk rock. The label's also released Time Cow, who is, of course, half of the Jamaican production duo Equinox. And Tyler also uses it to release his own non-LCD music. So here's a track by Tyler and Mandre called Admiral's Dub. Check it out.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. And you can definitely hear how there's overlap with LCD, but it's very much its own thing.
0: Now, Tyler came to huge prominence in LCD, but before that, he played in a couple other bands. Little known fact, he played in Cake. Whom I love so much to this day. (laughs) (laughs) He played in Cake. He went on to form Chick Chick Chick, where he really made his name. And then very early on, when James Murphy was putting the live version of LCD Sound System together... He called his buddy Tyler Pope up and he's been in the band ever since. Now, I want to give huge shouts to LCD Sound System for hitting number one in the fucking American charts with their new album, American Dream. Let's check out the track Change Your Mind featuring Tyler Pope.
1: I'm sure that a lot of us have heard that one. It's a rad song from the most recent record. So, you know, you have three really talented people in this trailer, and they had no idea that they would be having this conversation they had never met before, but they vibed so well. And you'll hear in real time how they go in on a lot of the things that they mutually appreciate, like the DC punk scene.
0: They get deep on the DC punk scene. Now, I came up in punk and I like to think I know a lot about the genre. They're referencing some shit I have never heard of. So listeners, we're going to drop in some clips from these bands are referencing that are really rad and really under the radar.
1: Katie, Alice, Danielle, and Tyler also talk about things like equipment, including the amplifier that nearly broke up Priest.
0: <laughs> I, I love that story. They, they also get into what LCD sound system has in their stage monitors.
1: So that's a really cool look at how these bands approach
0: performing live that otherwise I'm not sure that we would know about. They also talk about process, about how the songs are written and recorded. The talk takes in gentrification, and it also brings to light LCD's secret shellac connection.
1: Very cool. Let's hear what that
2: is and more. You want to roll it? Let's do it. All right, I'll kick it off because I'm not shy. Cool. So I'm Danielle. Thank you. I play drums in Priest. Um, we've been around since like 2011, 2012. Um, I've been drumming for about the same amount of time. I kind of started drumming with the band. And, uh, yeah, that's about it. Uh, I am Katie.
3: I am the vocalist, lyricist in Priests. We made a record in January called Nothing Feels Natural. We've been a band, like Danielle said, for like five years now. But it took us a long time to make our first— this was our our first LP— Part of that is because we also run a record label together called Sister Polygon Records. We put we put out the record ourselves.
4: That's yeah. cool, interesting yes. to me actually. I didn't know you guys have a record label too. Yeah, that's really cool because I have a record label too. No
3: way, <laughs> <That is> sweet, <laughs> you
5: do.
4: Um, it's um, and actually it's funny because I was going to tell you guys about it. Maybe not. Well, I guess now is a good time. Yeah, before. Um, <laughs> <Good point. laughs> Great. Um, it's uh it's called Interference Pattern is the name of my label. And we put out I put out actually a band I think you guys might be interested in. Um they're called Drug Apartments. Have you guys has cool. it made its way over to No, I haven't Because you guys that. are from DC, you said, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. It's oh man, I'm gonna play it for you after this. Okay. Because sweet. yeah, uh, it's funny. I don't know, there's definitely a similarity there. It's like weird. They always have like kind of a they kind of have a almost a weird DC vibe going on. Where are like they from, from the nineties. They're from uh, Sacramento. Yeah. Cool. That's where I'm from too. Sacramento. Oh sweet. California. Okay, cool. Yeah. And I… Okay, so I guess my introduction… I'll do that real quick before we get to… Um, <clears throat> I'm Tyler Pope, and I uh, I play bass for LCD Sound System since 2003. And um, that's… Yeah, it's been a long time. It's been a long, strange trip, actually. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't want… I know that's really cheesy, but I'm <laughs> grateful that references. <clears throat> we played Pitchfork like… Something like seven years ago, or something like that. I think. Um, but uh, yeah, we broke up. Then we got back together, and now we're um, we're about to put another record out in September. Oh,
2: damn!
4: Yeah, and um, and I'm really excited to play because the sound check was really good. And I'm just um, curious. Yeah, did you play
2: those farewell Madison Square Garden
4: shows? We did. Okay. Yeah. or you mean? Did I personally? Yeah. 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 Totally. Yeah. Okay. I've been in the. I mean, I've basically been. In the band, but since, I mean, I don't like a lot of attention, so I, I haven't really, <laughs> yeah. I kind of like, you know, and of course it's James's band. So it's like, I've always just been kind of like, he's the boss. I'm like in his band kind of a thing.
3: But it still seems like, it, I definitely get that vibe, but I also yeah. feel like LCD Sound System as a band is kind of like, I'm reading um, Bruce Springsteen's autobiography right now. Yeah, it's yeah. It's really great. Oh, cool. Um, But it made me think of, he talks a lot about like, how the dynamics work with the E Street Band. And it's kind of like, it's his band, but like yeah, there's yeah. lots of big Obviously. personalities in the band totally. and like identities and yeah. LCD Sound System seems, seems like that. Same.
4: Absolutely.
5: Yeah.
4: Because we all like contribute to, but right. it's like going for James's vision in a way, you know, which right. is like, for me, I like actually really like that role in a way, you know, yeah. like there's this like boss and, and you know, it's like if I'm coming up with a part or something on the record or whatever it is, it's just always kind of like in James's yeah. thing, you know? It's really—it kind of, like, makes things easier in a way. It, like, focuses things. Mm.
3: Sometimes I think it's easier to be creative when you have those parameters in place. Exactly. Because it's like we were saying when we were starting this, like, well, where do we start this conversation? Like, we can start it anywhere. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, when yeah, right. when there's kind of, like, an aesthetic or someone else is the boss, you can kind of, like— yeah, makes
2: work things a little that.
4: easier. Yeah, definitely. it's like someone's the
2: most intimidating thing is like a blank canvas. So if someone's kind of like, you know, like, um, I really like the um, relationship between um, Angelo Battlementi and um, uh, David Lynch. David Lynch, yeah. you know, and it's really like, it's obviously Angelo Battlementi's compositions, right? right? And they're beautiful and fantastic, but really, yeah. you know, um, God, I can't believe I keep forgetting his name. Um, I can believe it. This is a very funny thing about Danielle. I can't She's
3: like proper proper nouns. so, so smart, but she cannot remember proper nouns. And like the David things Lynch. that she'll okay. confuse them for is so funny. But I but like,
2: I love, you know, there's videos of them working together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I love hear. how David Lynch will be like, no! When like <laughs> yeah. and the wrong note comes out, I'm like... he's like, more yeah. wind. <laughs>
5: yeah, yeah, the sorry.
2: sun is setting. Yeah, yeah There's yeah, wrestling. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's really like directs it. Um, and it's this really. Um, it's really a furtive place. You can see Angelo really thriving there. And I I could definitely, like, as a drummer, you know, you're not, you know, i am never, I mean, it's changed a little bit with Priest, but like, traditionally, I've never been, like, I'm not playing notes. I'm not, you know, you know, doing that kind of thing. So it's really about like time, you know, I have to capture the mood of, these antagonistic melodies and kind of draw things in together. But it's, I find that really creatively like fulfilling and fun.
4: Yeah, totally. I've been in lots of bands through the years, like, Tons of other bands Like I was in this band Chick 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 It was like three exclamation Oh yeah points. of course
2: Oh cool
4: Yeah And I mean I was in that band For years and years And I mean just a lot of other bands Like punk bands too And and it's always been this like Very democratic situation You know And it's hard I mean I don't know what you got. I don't want to like Bring up any weird stuff No, <laughs> no
3: okay. it's okay Like you know I mean? that but, like, is
4: But yeah no no You know it's, it can be rough though You know what I mean Cause it's, it's like really in the rough. end It's just fucking It can be so um, counterproductive sometimes You know what I mean <laughs> mm-hmm. And like we're so, almost like
2: forcing someone to have a voice when they don't have anything to say yeah. on the song but you're like yeah. we well, have to be four equal parts and yeah, it's like yeah,
4: exactly. just kick
2: it for yeah. a minute like if you just want to play one note that's fine like just relax yeah. this is something that
3: is a constant in our band because yeah, yeah. we have we were very like you know it was like kind of a joke for a while but like this is supposed to be like the Beatles or like Wu-Tang or something like that right, like right, right. everyone is kind of like coming in mm. with their own yeah I mean, even the Beatles ha- isn't a good example because those are bands where two, mostly two people were writing songs and other people were adding to it. With priests. it's like... Yeah, there's like- even been times where if you write too much of... An idea for a song outside of band practice. Other right, people yeah, are yeah, like,
4: right.
3: "What are you doing? Like, <laughs> right. it's supposed to be in." Super collaborative. Yeah. Yeah. So it takes us a that's, long time sometimes. That's, yeah, exactly. And that's but the most thing. people, most people are like, "Stop doing that. You're like shooting yourselves in the foot."
4: It seems like it works for you guys though.
3: It does. I mean, I like. Like, the English, but there's a lot of. It took us six years to make our first LP. Yeah.
4: That's the a thing. That is the thing. That's the
3: thing. It's so. Yeah. When you do make something that is so collaborative, it's incredibly rewarding.
4: Right. But the struggle is. And it's to multidimensional there, in yes. a way that you can't yeah. really have it, with
3: it teaches you a lot too, like about communicating yeah. with people and like
4: I love it. Yeah. yeah. I love that too. But it's it can be it's such a double. It's just a different, sort of yeah. 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 And
2: it takes a lot, yeah. you know, it takes a lot of strength to be able to go either way. Like, like it's almost like a really great editor knows when you can just you're just they're kinda like, you know, you don't need to say all that. Like I think. The more we do it, the more it's kind of like I'm okay with just being like this song, I'm just going to play a floor tom and like that's 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 just what works for this yeah, song. Yeah. I didn't really have a creative contribution that heavily. That, that's fine, you know, and maybe one song I'll just write the lyrics, you know. It just, I think it took a lot of time before I think we felt comfortable as, you know, feeling like we had our place. But now that we are a little bit more comfortable inhabiting it, it's now almost more fun to just be like, Oh, well, okay. I'm just going to, you know, maybe we'll use a drum machine on this song and I'll just like play keys. Like, who knows, you know, and like being able to be more comfortable with taking a back seat, you know? Yeah,
4: yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Kind of like taking your ego down a bit or whatever. Yeah, and totally. like stuff like that. Actually,
3: I was, I was wow. thinking of, I read this interview with either Tim <laughs> yeah, or Eric long. from the TV show Tim and Eric. Um, I forget which one it was but he was saying like the reason we've made this work for so long is like after a while you just you have to learn to take your ego out. Like for the joke to be good it doesn't always have to be about you or like you don't have to like inject yourself into it. It's a
4: tough one. Yeah Yeah. exactly. It can be tough but yeah exactly.
3: Do you guys with LCD ever switch instruments or is it pretty…
4: Some of us totally don't. Like I'm always the bass player and Pat is always the drummer. Other than that— Well, and Nancy's always playing keyboards. Okay. And James is always singing. But other than that, everybody else switches stuff. Um, yeah, it's totally like— Because every song has very, like— Specific the, that, Those things I just mentioned are really, like, solid. But other than that, it's, like, really changing a lot How of the instrumentation. How long
2: has Pat been the drummer?
4: Pat's been the drummer since the beginning, too. Okay, okay. Yeah. Let me yeah, me and Pat. And the, the original lineup was me, Pat, Nancy, and this guy, Phil, played guitar, who, yeah, he was out of the band a while ago. Okay. And James, yeah.
3: It's weird we? that I don't know more about your background as a band because, like, Sound of Silver in particular is one of my favorite records. Like, I love oh, it. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah.
4: Yeah, that's my favorite one, too, I think. Except uh, the new one is my favorite one. Nice. Hey, yeah. Disclosure. Yeah, yeah? Spoiler, yeah. That's um, really good. <laughs> yeah, <it's
3: laughs> that's but no, that, like, I. I, I, I gonna, but it was always one of those things where, like, I just listened to it over and over again, oh, especially wow, cool. in college. Oh, right on. And I, but I— it's weird. Like, usually when you're into a band like that, you, like, you know, you learn about it. Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I don't yeah.
3: actually know that much about...
4: The origins how of you guys where it all kind of Yeah, or, like, when stuff. it
3: went from James to, like, a so full being band. being a band. Yeah.
4: It's interesting because it is kind of a unusual-ish compared to most things because James... So, yeah, with LCD, it was, like, James put out Losing My Edge and Beat Connection. This was the first yeah. LCD single, and this was... I think this was in 2003, actually. And... um. I can't remember. I think that record came out then. And then it got a lot of attention when it came out. And um, people were asking him, like, wanting to book him for shows. So he just decided, like, he's like, I don't want to be like this dude who shows up and, like, plays a… Backing track. Backing track, you know? So he's like, I'll get a band. So you guys were
3: basically there from the beginning. Yeah, yeah. So we were
4: kind of a band from the beginning. Yeah, Yeah. since that… And then so that 12-inch came out we toured for, like… It was so crazy. We toured for like four years or something before yeah. our first record came out. Just off of that, 12-inch. feel inch. you. <laughs> yeah, it's so weird. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Did you guys? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. we. Did. I mean, that's cool. Yeah. You know, we were did just down lot. for it. We were young at the time. You know, I right. guess you guys seem pretty young. It's like I would never do that now. But like,
5: <laughs> yeah. It's
4: like, yeah. At the time, we're just like, yeah. Whoa, we're getting our hotel own hotel rooms. Oh, that's crazy. You know, like we're I getting or have- we getting hotel rooms at all? That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. You know, like it was like that. So it was like totally. super cool. Yeah, yeah. That was how that started, yeah. And in the beginning, we were way more of like a kind of a, a punk band, actually. Mm-hmm. It yeah. was like, because we would show up, like now we have this huge production. Like you can see the disco, I don't know if you guys right. saw the disco ball and all that shit. It's like kind of crazy, but in the beginning, we would always, you know, like it was like how bands was like, we'd bring our basses and our keyboards with us and then we'd show up with the backline. So it's like, It'd always be this really raw... It was a lot more raw sounding Well, the and stuff, stuff before
3: Sound of Silver sounds... Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's got a different vibe. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah
4: the first record. It definitely was more like that. It was more like... I'm yeah, curious, as
2: like a fellow rhythm section um, yeah, yeah. do you feel a particular kinship with Pat as opposed to your other bandmates?
4: Uh, yeah, maybe. yeah Actually, okay. Well, I'm just <laughs> think thinking like, it. yeah, oh, right. Yeah. Like when we're hanging, like we like kind of have this like special understanding or something like that, or, or Kendra, like, like
2: like it's I, easiest yeah. for me sometimes to like get a ball rolling creatively with Taylor because it's so easy to play drums right. and bass together.
4: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't know. It's hard to it's hard to say.
2: Yeah, I'm just curious.
4: But there is something kind of like that, you know, like we're only experiencing during the show, which is like really fucking playing off each other, you know Yeah. I mean?
2: What that everybody ask... else,
4: I mean, everybody else is playing off each other in a way, but like me and Pat are like really.
2: <laughs> what do you, okay, another yes. weird nerdy question. <laughs> what do you ask for in your monitor?
4: Oh, oh shit. Um, I'm, I'm super easy. I'm like, James makes fun of me because I'm so easy. It's just like, because I only get like, a little bit of guitar sometimes or yeah, something no, like that. <laughs> and then like maybe if it's a big stage, I'll get the kick and the snare drum even, which is kind of nuts, but still, you know what I mean? Just yeah, to no, make sure yeah, that yeah. I, but you know, he's uh, like, everybody else in the band is like painstaking about their, um, what they get in their monitors and like making it sound right. And I'm just like, okay, you know, like <laughs> James is always just like, ah, you know, like the guy, you know, anyways. I'm kind of like that actually. That's really yeah, I'm like, the one who's
2: like, I'm like, put a lot of kick in the bass. Yeah. That's all. Yeah, yeah. I feel
4: like that's good. I feel like that's from like years of just not, you know. I mean, it's different to being the bass player or the drummer, of course. Yeah. I don't know. I've just been doing I'm just like played in such wonky, weird situations. That's me too. Like,
2: yeah. You don't like take monitors. for Like, or you almost do take monitors for granted. If you've had to play place, so many places with shitty or no monitors, you're just yeah. kind of like, well, I kind of know how to do this anyway. Yeah. And so
3: there's a really funny like Cold War that happens a lot of times between our bass player and guitarist when we were sound checking <laughs> we're like our guitarist uh, has a great amp that only sounds good if it's very loud oh, and it's always yeah, too yeah. loud it is always too loud on stage <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. the sound person will always ask him to turn it down he finally got this attenuator that like you oh, you know yeah, yeah, it yeah, can like yeah, yeah. go very low without I just found
4: out about those two those are dope it's, yeah. it's changed <laughs> it it's changed our base. world yeah, yeah. usually if you turn a that in the store machine uh, it's
2: like <laughs> Given priests like five years game. more life as a band. Yeah, so I usually if you
3: if you turn a guitar amp down too low, it it really Doesn't fucks with the tone, yeah. and and you know he he gets very upset. I understand. Um, but Our bass player will always ask, you know, that it be turned down, or like eventually he'll be like, Yeah, I don't need the guitar in the monitor. And like the guitarist will take it like really Super personally. Personal. Like, I don't, why know don't you want is. me here. It's like really funny. I don't know
4: why that's like such a personal affront to guitar players, but it always, <laughs> it's always is. It's always it just always like, is. I didn't, I am turned down. I, just, I yeah. turned down already, you know, like whatever.
5: Like,
4: they always get so like, it's
5: so touchy funny. about
4: it, you know what I mean? You have to be like, Dude, that's a cool,
5: just, yeah, it's just down a little
3: yeah,
4: bit. Right. everybody. I I don't know. It's funny. It's always like this personal attack. But anyways, that's do you
3: do you feel like um, your songwriting process as a band now is any different than in the past, or is it like has it been a pretty constant thing over time?
4: It's pretty much constant thing because you know, I mean, it's James. It's James is like the main songwriter. So it basically when we go into the studio with him, he has like an idea. And then we'll just sort of try to, um, you know, like he'll hum a bass like idea to me, like roughly, or like we'll listen to something even, whatever. And um, it's pretty much the same. And then like we get the instrument, like the record is always done instrumentally before before the vocals. Like, yeah, usually it's like, I guess it's kind of like unusual or different. It's like LCD records are always instrumentally finished. Basically like before, before the vocals, he even has the before he does the vocals, I don't know about that. I think before he has a total, uh, solid idea of like what the lyrics will be. That's so interesting. Yeah, it's always the it's always the instrumental. So basically, like for months, you'll hear, we'll just be here. You know, have heard like the instrumental version of the record. Wow. Yeah, and it's always like amazing to me. I mean, vocals do that where they like really psychologically does something. Like when you hear a song and then it has vocals, and it just seems. It just really, it changes so much, you know? Like after he puts his vocals or whatever, of course, you know? But it's really weird. It's really really striking to me always like how how different the songs become after he does it. But yeah, they're always instrumentals first. Totally. Well,
3: a lot of times I think musically… You could really get one emotion or vibe
4: yeah, or something yeah, yeah. from
3: the music, and then when the lyrics come in, and it's about something totally different, or like yeah, yeah,
4: exactly. You know? Yeah, I wouldn't have guessed. Or yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, I guess it's like kind of like that. You're just like, oh, I wouldn't have guessed that he would have made that little hook that way. Or we've, something. we've,
3: we've, we've. Uh, I like that I with like our that. last record. Like Danielle and Taylor were really kind of like vibing off each other, and like in a really good place, and just like writing a lot of stuff. Mm. I wrote a lot of parts that, like, it took Gideon and I much longer to write parts to. Ah, okay. And, yeah. like, I think there's a lot of kind of, like, clashing <laughs> <overdid> emotions <laughs> because yeah, of it okay, on certain right. songs. Um, right, 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 right. Yeah. yeah. It, was just, it was cool. It's not something I would have thought of before that happened, but… Yeah. Yeah.
4: yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So, I wanted to ask you guys. You guys are still living in D.C.? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so do you guys know much about, I mean, you guys must be pretty tuned into like stuff that was going on there in the 90s and stuff. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. Because that was like kind of my, a lot of my time. Like, oh, sweet. Being on tour and yeah, like, um, and um, like, the Cranium, you guys know the yeah. Cranium. Fun, yeah, yeah, like those guys. And then another band that I just heard recently that I hadn't heard is this band called Meltdown. <gasps> Have you heard that? You know
3: Meltdown? Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I made that. my oh, own meltdown. meltdown shirt. I made my own yes, Meltdown that's shirt. That's so cool. For one of I just heard US them recently, ball.
4: man. I was blown away. Oh my God.
2: No. Um, I mean, I know Raquel anyone-
4: and I know. Uh, yeah, I Fiona.
2: Fiona, right?
4: Yeah, I, d- I don't know if I've ever met. Okay, because Fiona was with
2: a band with you, right? After Meltdown. Uh, yeah, everyone. In, well, not I shouldn't say
3: everyone, but a lot of people who do music in DC all yeah. know each other and yeah, kind of yeah. you know all go to each yeah. other's it's shows or like, whatever. That's cool. I love that. Um, yeah. But for anyone who does not know of Meltdown, they were an amazing punk band of teenage girls in the late 90s. They put out one record. Um, it's it was very influential to me.
4: Cool. Yeah, I I yeah. was blown away. I like cuz I mean I've heard like I mean uh what's it Raquel's older brother Frankie was in he wasn't in Cranium he's a Metamatics I guess
3: oh cool yeah, yeah
4: and I like the Metamatics because they were you know they put out the record on Discord and stuff yeah yeah but um, I liked it but I was like I guess I was kind of like damn, like, why didn't Meltdown become more of a thing? So I was like, no, it's a good no. <laughs> question. I think
3: maybe some of them just, like, went to college. or okay, it, yeah. was, it was one of those things where, like, no one ever thought about, like, doing it in the long term. Okay, it was just cool. like, this is fun for now. And, like, Brendan Canty, actually, who's the drummer in Fugazi, um, yeah, yeah. recorded one of their live shows. He was really into just, like, recording bands at shows a lot of times. Okay, and I think right. that is actually what ended up on the record that they put out. Okay. But it was, I'm pretty sure, I could be wrong about this, but I'm pretty sure it wasn't, a premeditated like we're gonna make a record thing. It was ah. just like Brendan was really good at recording Whoa. live shows. Okay, yeah, I say There's what a what lot I of recordings from that period that Brendan Could, made.
4: Cause there's like on the, you can actually get their record on the internet. Like you can find oh, it. Okay, it's like yeah, you can okay. download the MP3s. Yeah, I just got it from my like DC somewhere. friends, mm-hmm. but I
2: didn't even know it was on the internet Yeah, now. That's cool. Yeah, anyways. Damn, I gotta pull yeah, out I yeah. Okay, I can't oh, live up anything right now. Who's like the guy he teaches yoga at? Bernie. Bernie, what was Bernie's old band called? It's really weird how, like, you will just, like, be going to a coffee shop or going to, like, yoga in D.C. And you'll be, like... Yeah, yeah. And then you'll find out that someone was in this, like, wacky-ass band that you were, like, that band <laughs> was really cool. And now, yeah, like, yeah. what? Nuclear crayons? Nuclear, nuclear crayons. crayons. Nuclear crayons. Thank you. Oh, ah, okay. Yeah, nuclear crayons. Really I remember, good. Like, I was, like, I was, like, at a yoga class, embarrassingly enough. Sorry. That's um, not embarrassing.
4: I, I, mean, <laughs> I, I mean, I, Dude, I get seriously. a little freaked out by being, like, this, <laughs> not... like
2: why people gentrify, like, appropriation of, like, you know, a very ancient, <laughs> okay. respectful traditions. Yeah. So, like, uh, okay, oh, yeah. I started when I was, like, 15. Um, I have a lot of regret. Um, <laughs> uh, but I also, like, like not feeling like shit. So, you know, whatever. Feels um, good to stretch. But Bernie, I was, I took a Leo class, and it was Mary who actually pronounced me when I was, like, after oh, class. Yeah. I was, like, yo, there's this yoga instructor who's, like, pretty weird but like it's cool and Mary's like that's Bernie using nuclear crayons yeah. like, what? <laughs> and like played me the record I was like this is so cool DC is straight. DC is yeah. such like a straight yeah. city, like yeah, living yeah. in the straight world. Like I wear a button-up shirt and like I work at like a nonprofit or a university or a lobbyist or the government and like I'm a young professional. Mm-hmm. So like yeah. if you are not. Yeah, in yeah. DC it's like you know you know everyone else that's not like that it's like okay, very yeah. easy which is funny because I lived in New York for seven years before I came to DC mm-hmm. and I remember one thing that was like really weird about New York was like the artist and like business people all kind of look the same they all look like they walked out of an art gallery and were like really chic and like right, right. and it was this whole thing where you had to be like subtle about like being an artist and like it was like everyone's like really like inconspicuous and like too cool to like whatever. Um, and DC was like the opposite. Like I really like embraced my inner freak when I moved to DC because I was like, "Dear God, I am not living in that straight world." Like no, right. no. And so you really just got <laughs> into being totally like, "I'm just yeah. gonna be weird." Like wear, I'm just gonna wear like a min- like a member of my like classmates. Plant, you'd be like, "What? What fucking weird ass Minnie Mouse outfit are you wearing?" I was like, "I just look cool." Like fuck you. And I was really because I, I was going to Georgetown, which is just like, like yeah. really weird. And so I just really wanted to like. It really brought out, like, the freak in me. Whereas yeah. in New York was really, like, made me want to, like, pretend like I was just kind like, of cool like everyone else. That is
4: a good point. I never thought and about so that. And so the
2: freaks really get to know each other in D.C. Yeah. in, like, a weird way. So it's, like, you feel, like, a lot more comfortable. And so, like, I don't think I could have started Priest in New York. It's because... also that. Oh, sorry. I was, was going to say, it was, rough. like, I when I first started drumming when I lived in New York, like, really, really beginning baby drumming. And it was just like, everyone was in this rush to be like the best band ever. But the cool thing about, and also my relationship with Katie was like, Katie was like, we're going to play the show and people are going to hate it. And we're going to like throw things at them. And it's going to be the best art ever. And I was like, okay. (laughs) And I would have never had like the bravery or sense of like to do that. And the cool thing about living in DC was like, I did that. And people were like, that fucking ruled. We're like, let's be best friends. And it was like, I really had like, people just were like, be weird. Like, let like let me help you be weird. Do you need someone to record you? Do you, like, want someone to practice with? And the, I was like... The difference between... Yeah. It was so different Then I think
3: New York and D.C. is that... Um, at least... I don't know. I, I Like, economically, you couldn't really explain it. But, like, in New York, everyone... I've never lived there, but it seems like people are very focused on, like... A sort of, like, professionalism with their music... And taking it to that place a lot of times. Which... There's nothing wrong with that at all. No, no. But in D.C., there there isn't as much of a tradition of that. There is a culture and a history of people who just do bands, like, for fun or just to, like, make a record with just friends. Just express or, themselves. Like, yeah, just to, yeah. like, you know, because, like, there was this other band that you were really into and you want to make a band that sounds like that or whatever. So it's just a really different vibe where there's room to, like...
2: And there's a lot of encouragement and love that's, like, intergenerational, which was, like, that's a cool thing, too, is, like, I feel like everyone I met in New York was like trying to be 25 right, and right. then when I was in DC like I would just be like at a show and there'd be like I would meet like the coolest 15 year old ever and at that point I was like 28 and right. I was like I feel really weird making friends with a 15 year old but like they're really cool but then I'd also be talking to my friends who were 55 who were like in punk bands in the 80s and 90s who were like giving me advice on like how to distribute my album
3: yeah there's a lot of different it's ages a lot of, and of it's really
2: intergenerational in a really cool way there yeah it has a very nice, sorry, not to like write it level out to DC. It's so cheesy. <laughs> but no, it's cool like, to
4: hear about what's going on now. There's, there's, yeah. That yeah. is still going on and stuff. Cause I mean, it sounds like you could be describing it back you right. know, when I was in the 90s. I mean, it's like,
3: it is. It's that's really the cool. other the cool. weird thing it, is I it's I vastly it. different, yeah. I think, than it was then. Like, yeah. I moved to DC in 2006. Yeah. And I remember um, people telling me to like not go to Chinatown. Which,
4: oh, if yeah. you go like, there now, it's like... That's kind of in downtown, like, right, by the... Not too far from the capital. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. Just, there used I mean, to be a recording like a, studio there, actually. Oh, wow. Do you guys know about that? Wait, yeah. Goldleaf? Leaf. It was called no, it was called National I think or Nation. A,
3: I think it was in the same building. Same building,
4: building yeah. yeah. We, I, I spent a lot of time there. Wow. Actually, yeah, cool. There ch- ch- used ch- to be K-Curra a lot there. of shows there. Yeah. And there used to be a lot of shows there. We yeah. played shows there too. Yeah.
2: yeah. We went to the last show there together, right? And there was yeah, we just, got s- shut down. okay, yeah. Yep.
4: Why were you about to say that area is like now kind of?
3: Well, now it's just like Chinatown is 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 barely Chinatown. It's just like a lot of restaurants. Yeah. It's like Chipotle. You know, the cell phone store. Super crazy. Yeah. It's not like that anymore. Okay. like Yeah. I have been there for ages. Most people who haven't been to in a couple of years like when they show up are just like whoa it's just really uh, I mean it used to be that like white people people with money didn't want to live in DC and now it's become like cool and trendy to like live in cities again and like homogenized corporate
2: culture has really taken like a large foothold because of tax breaks to developers that the DC government has laid out in an effort to gentrify, like, every other fucking U.S. city. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's really—the landscape has changed a lot.
3: There's a whole— lot
2: different, even if the music scene might have echoes of the past. There's a whole city
3: in D.C. that has nothing to do with government workers or nonprofit workers, what Danielle was talking about. Not federal. There's a huge city that people don't usually know about who are not from the DMV, as we call it. And like a lot of that is just being pushed out into mm. like the suburbs or farther away, and like it's gonna be MV It's soon. very sad, actually, and like, yeah, it's 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 weird because you realize as an artist that you're totally a part of that. You're totally a part of the like displacement machine because when you make stuff that seems cool, then like people with yeah. money want to like move there, and uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it's yeah. weird and hard, but at the same time, there's a flip side to that where like. I think there. I've talked to some people who have lived in D.C. all their lives for like 70 years, and are like, I'm excited that like crime rates have gone down, and like there's more grocery stores, and like you know there's there's a lot of different elements to it.
4: I mean it's like a nationwide it's sort really, of phenomenon, Yeah, It's happening, you know? It's, it's really
2: right. worldwide too. Weird. Like yeah. you don't tour in Europe. Yeah. All the cities we went mean, to in Europe were like that. Yeah
4: I live in Berlin actually. And oh. So, oh you do? Yeah. Yeah, I live in Berlin. Wow. Yeah. How did we
2: get
3: this far? This is how Danielle and I just talk too much. Oh we're... no it's cool.
4: <laughs> I mean I'm like a little bit like tired too. I'm jet lagged actually because I came Us in from Berlin. Too. Yeah we understand. <laughs> yeah we came from so Istanbul like, on Monday. Like, I came in, yeah, like three days ago. Like right before the Ottawa show, I came here. So I'm still a little oh, bit like… Wow. I'm yeah, like we're, constantly… We're probably jealous, on the right. same page then. Because oh, okay.
2: yeah, <laughs> we, we, were we flew there for, for like two two months. months. to DC on Monday. Oh, no, wait. You
4: guys played in Istanbul? No. no, no because no.
2: we had a 20-hour layover uh, to, in an attempt to save money. Yeah. Berlin seems like it's really rapidly
3: changing though too. Yeah, It
4: is. It is. And if, you know, but I mean people do complain about it a lot. The gentrification. But I'm just like bouncing in between berlin and new york for you know Mm -hmm. like i lived in new york from 99 so like like i'm just like you guys do not even know gentrification right
2: what years were you in new york
4: so i moved there in the winter of 1999 Mm -hmm. into 2000 and then i i moved like to berlin seven years eight years ago almost
2: because i was in new york from 2004 to 2011 okay so So you would have had had some overlap a lot yeah
4: yeah where what neighborhood were you in
2: um i did the the classic i was um a freshman at NYU, so i lived on the side of union square for a year and then i um lived in bay ridge oh and then bushwick and then williamsburg once i got a landlord that embezzled money and i got cheap rent and i was there for you know i was in williamsburg and bushwick for the majority of my time
4: Oh, okay cool but it was like
2: it was like you know that time when like the pool parties were going on just starting and um oh my god I can't remember I'm forget the choreographer oh yeah yeah you mean
4: the, the Waysburg at the, at the pool and um yeah yeah. yeah yeah before
2: it got rebuilt and everything
4: yeah exactly yeah. so but
2: it's really crazy cause like I like I feel like I was like in the middle of like the worst gentrification that ever happened in history, almost like a weird right? way. Right? Probably like,
4: unprecedented. That's what I'm saying. I think yeah, I feel yeah. like it's like, like unprecedented. You see that, you're just
2: like, am I here? And then when people in DC see it, I'm like, I also like, I'm like, you don't even know how bad it can get. But I'm yeah. also like, I'm like, please don't let it happen here. Like, it's really a weird feeling.
4: It is. And I feel the same way. I'm like, but then if you ask people, I guess, supposedly New York's gone through a lot of like waves of gentrification, you know? Yeah, like people, yeah everyone like, says that. Right? But like, yeah. So I just, but I, I just can't believe. I mean, it's so. St- it's so insane to me The way that Williamsburg looks now So wait you compared moved away in
2: 2009
4: Yeah I guess so Yeah like right when LCD started our last tour Before our breakup So like the This is happening tour I guess Like I put all my stuff like with the gear That went to Europe And like that's how I moved So it was um Yeah whenever that was I guess it was 2009 probably And so yeah.
2: are you like so weirded out when you go back now?
4: Yes Okay yes. I'm say, like, It's I like a weird like- dystopian <laughs> like then Donald Trump is president it's like this weird dystopian feeling you know yeah
3: yeah yeah can I shift gears for a moment oh yeah we should talk about record labels no No, I was gonna actually ask just about like a music question sure so are you a bass player like by identity like this is my instrument or do you are you a multi-instrumentalist or like
4: um yeah actually that's a good question because I feel like it's definitely was my most natural feeling thing like did you start when a, you were young? Well, no, I was a— My dad had a drum set. Like, my dad was a drummer-ish, okay. kind of. He wasn't really serious about it. Um, but he was serious enough to have a drum set set up around the house. And so I just kind of, like, started playing drums, and it was really fun. It, it was, like, strangely easy for me. I, like, I kind of, like, whatever. If I have, like, kind of a natural ability with music, it's definitely with, like, drums. And I could, like, play, like— Like, that was kind of my thing, Um But the reason I wanted to actually start playing music was, like, Guns N' Roses was, like, my big, like, intro to fucking playing music and, like, why I wanted to be in a band. And so, it was, like, the guitar, you know? It's, like, I wanted to play the guitar. I wanted to, like, be, like, Slash or whatever. Um, So, I guess—but then it was, like, I found my way back to playing bass because of the rhythm thing, you know? It's, like, that was kind of my natural thing, you know what I mean? Like, I was always ended up being more of, like, a a rhythm guitar player and stuff like that. It's kind of always been drawn to that, you know, like— I play guitar too, but it is it's like if I play guitar, it's always like rhythm guitar. Like I really like like disco like chic kind of guitar and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, I'm gonna say chic. what are
2: your number one
3: yeah, what yeah. give me some like how do I phrase like a good question out of this? Like f- can you name like five tracks where like the rhythm or like something is like inspires you? Yeah. Something that just yeah, really yeah, sticks yeah, yeah. in Trying your head like, or
4: what, yeah. Oh man, I don't even know. Like, you mean like bass players or something? Like,
3: not even bass players, just like.
4: I really like, like, okay, so like.
3: Or even like reference points for. I know it's probably, that's actually probably less your thing though, because it's James's band. Like,
4: yeah, yeah. Well, it's like maybe reference yeah. points
3: for how you play even. How I play, yeah, yeah, yeah.
4: Okay, yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. That would be like, um, like just any, um, like, Soul soul kind of disco records. Cool. Yeah, definitely. Like, cause I play with a pick too. Like, I play with yeah. a guitar okay. pick, so it's kind of like
3: big
1: ups to that.
4: Yeah, yeah, totally. Time. And and I feel like the guy from Soul Soul, I don't know if he was playing with his fingers. I mean, it was probably different people, but a lot of times it has like a real mid rangey sort of thing going on too with the bass. Mm-hmm.
3: Okay, taking it up. Yeah,
4: yeah, it's not like smooth. It's like kind of growly, and like that's kind of like where the LCD like sort of bass sounds. Yeah, I feel like we kind of have that like going on, and I. I mean, I was just always like really into like a lot of like soul music and stuff like that. And just really like, um, I don't know. Yeah. Just uh,
3: like any certain labels or cities or periods. Uh,
4: more, yeah. Just like probably with what I, like the way I play with LCD is probably like New York style, like a lot of like um, New York disco, like kind of like underground cool. sort of like Paradise Garage style disco Sweet. stuff. Yeah. yeah yeah totally cool. I would say I like I, would, like
3: that. That makes sense. I would say like yeah. with the
4: sound of the bass that I got going on but the strange thing is though I came to the sound of the bass the 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 rig that I use with LCD and the bass that I use Actually, it sounds like the perfect disco to me, bass tone. Mm. But actually, the 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 rig and where we got the idea was from shellac, like that band shellac. Okay, uh, yeah.
3: yeah, which is kind which of is like such a different weird thing. that I it kind of the- was like
4: disco by way of like it's like fucking <laughs> like you know super Rock, like, so, like like, like mid range yeah. kind of like. Thing, yeah. That's interesting. I don't know. It's weird. I don't do you know.
3: do you play it's a with weird
4: thing it's with pedals nice. or? Yeah, I I, I mean, most of the time it's, it's without, but it, like occasionally on songs I have a reverb and uh, envelope filter on songs. Okay, like the kind of like. But it's mostly just dry, like regular. Disco, yeah, yeah, It's totally disco, yeah, that yeah makes just sense. D- yeah, sense. yeah, just That's thumpy, cool. like really like tight in the pocket. Sweet. And then like sometimes I don't know, yeah, you know like. We play like more rockin' songs too. I mean people sometimes compare my bass to like the Stranglers, I guess. Like there's or like, you oh, know, there's like this there's this English post punk yeah. sort of bass sound.
2: Yeah.
4: Too that's like, you know, and it kinda has like well, like, yeah, like shellac or G- That's
2: like big and
4: yeah, like yeah. English you know, like that. Yeah. Like always playing downstrokes kind of thing.
3: Well that makes sense if you guys started off obviously it started off as like one person's project, but you kinda started off with this more like Rock band, things. punky vibe. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. so those then it's kind of like turning in that in it.
4: into like disco or something like that.
3: Yeah. That's really cool. Tyler, it was great to meet you and talk to you.
4: Yeah. Thanks. You guys too. Yeah, thank that you was so much. A lot. Yeah, that was super enjoyable. Yeah, me. yeah, it was, it was really very fun yeah. for us.
3: Thank
2: cool. you uh, to the Talk House for having us. And if us. you see Pat, just let him know. Um, Him and Kay from Metronomy were like two of my biggest Oh, Him and Lillian and Kay were like… Three of the drummers I think i am listened to the most and was, awesome. like, obsessed with as a young college student.
4: Oh, totally. I'll tell Sweet.
2: Thanks, y'all.
0: I got a text from Tyler Pope the second he walked out of that backstage Pitchfork trailer saying, I just met a band called Priests. They're fucking awesome. I think my band Drug Apartment should tour with them and I gotta stay in touch with them. So that's what we want here at the Talk House.
1: Wait, that's so awesome because I got texts from Katie, Alice, and Danielle.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Did you really? Yeah, while I I was still at the
1: Fest. And they said they had a great time and I think they all really
0: vibe. Oh, that's amazing. Listeners, if you enjoyed today's podcast, definitely make sure to check out Tyler Pope In Conversation with Thurston Moore. You can find that on iTunes or Stitcher. And while you're there, write and review. Every time you do, it helps someone else find the podcast.
1: You can also find that podcast on talkcast.com where you can read Katie Alice on Taylor Swift, which I really recommend you do. The site just got a really gorgeous new redesign, so be sure to check that out.
0: The new site looks so good. Today's episode is sponsored in part by Sure. Shouts to Pitchfork Festival for hosting us yet again.
1: And thanks to Priest and Tyler Pope for coming on.
0: For exclusive video content from this podcast, definitely check us out on Instagram or Twitter. We're at TalkHouse.
1: All right, until next time. Thanks for listening.
0: Till then.